MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a great show for you. We've got a lot of NBA postseason to recap, and we've got a game that's going final right about now that I'm going to be getting you guys alerted upon in just a second, but we've got a great show for you. As we've got Vinny Melulo, you know him from all the work that he does over there at Gone Gaming. He joins the network a lot at VEASAN. Vinny is going to be joining me in 45 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at the handle that we've been seeing on the NBA playoffs. Also going to be getting a little bit of a look at the action that the South Point and all of the gone gaining being casinos have been taking with regards to the NFL draft as well. So that's going to be fun. And then in about 30 minutes or so, you guys all know Will Hill, not not the sportsbook Will Hill, but rather not the Will Hill. You're you're able to find him on Twitter. Does an amazing job with the New York City cast that we do here at VSIN Point Spread Weekly. List goes on and on. We're going to get his thoughts on what we've just seen here from the Brooklyn Nets as there's a late three that winds going for them, but they wind up just losing this game by kind of 109 to 103. So gather his thoughts there. Might wind up getting in a little bit of baseball chat as well if we've got time because got a lot to unpack with regards to the Brooklyn Nets wind up losing this game. But that said, obviously the Yankees, the Mets, they're topical as well. So we're going to be having a lot of chatter there. Going to be recapping what we've seen in baseball today, taking a look at what's all live, and then taking a look at what we're going to be getting on Sunday as well. So jam-packed next three hours, but have to take a look at what just literally 10 seconds ago wound up going final. Boston Celtics, they get it done against the Brooklyn Nets. 
The Nets are now down 3-0. Here is the amount of teams that have come back from a 3-0 deficit. Zero. So, this thing is over. We're just going to call what it is. This thing is over. The Brooklyn Nets, they wind up falling in this game by kind of 109-103. to 103, So, underwinds it being able to Brooklyn Nets is a four-point favorite. Forget covering the spread. They wind up losing this game outright. And it's something that winds up getting just so forgotten about with regards to NBA handicapping because we're all used to seeing what wound up happening with the Golden State Warriors the last few years. We are all used to these super teams. Chemistry still matters in basketball. It doesn't matter if it's at the college level, if it's obviously not from a betting standpoint, but AAU, high school basketball, the Olympics, and even here in the NBA. Chemistry still matters, and you can tell that this is a Brooklyn Nets team that they're a little bit out of sorts. It's a case of which they have pretty much said, you know what, Kevin Durant? You know what, Kyrie Irving? Score 70 points, and we'll see what we can do from there. And I think that this is actually a case of which coaching has mattered a lot as well with regards to this entire series and the season in general. Steve Nash probably should not have gotten this job, and he hasn't done the best job of being able to make the adjustments to be able to put the Brooklyn Nets in a in a sort of good situation to be able to get these wins. And Jason Tatum, we cannot boo-boo what wound up happening with him. First player in playoff franchise history with 35 points, five rebounds, five assists. He was absolutely magnificent here for the Boston Celtics. And he really is being able to plant himself as one of those, I'm going to put him now top five-ish players in the NBA, give or take. You might wind up having him like six or seven. You might put him at number four, but I think that he's really cementing himself in that vein, wind up having 39 points in this game. And for the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, a okay shooting performance. I mean, about six of 11 from the floor. Problem was, he did wind up committing those five turnovers in this game as well. Kyrie Irving, he winds up getting 16 points on 17 shots. And when you wind up getting that, it just isn't going to be able to make it work. Patty Mills, to his credit, was able to come in off the bench. He was able to score a few threes, but Kyrie Irving winds up going under his player prop with regards to points. He wound up having Kevin Durant go way under with regards to his player prop. He did wind up going over by half a rebound. If you want to take any over-under on his rebounds of 7.5, he was able to get 8. So I guess that was a little bit of a triumph for him, but I mean, it's so bad for the Brooklyn Nets that Blake Griffin, who hadn't seen minutes in this entire series, he was playing minutes in the third and fourth quarter. So you can tell that the Brooklyn Nets, they just haven't been able to find that rhythm. And they've just been overpriced this entire season. Everyone was banking on, oh, we've got this super team of guys that are able to fire it up and they're able to shoot threes. This is going to be a tremendous team. But even in basketball where you don't need to be playing the Virginia style of defense here or anything like that, but you need some semblance of defense. And that's not been the case. And Guess who's right now winning the series? That's right. The team has been better on defense and the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not even kidding here. Entering into this game, they were 20 and 21 at home during the regular season. I believe that this playing game that they wound up playing to be able to get here was at home. So I think that they were 21 and 21. But at some point, how do you wind up having a team towards the top of the odds board that they wound up being 44 and 38 during the regular season? I recognize that the talent has been there for the Brooklyn Nets all along, but at some point you've got to come to the conclusion, which the record is what it is. And that was just the case for the Brooklyn Nets. You wind up seeing really no adjustment whatsoever in the future's board with regards to their odds for the longest of times until they wind up 
making that James Harden trade, and even then, they were towards the top of it. Now, if you're taking a look at value, well, finally, you wind up getting a little bit, but man, it's now gone because they're down three to zero in the series. The Brooklyn Nets to win the title. They're still 55 to one. I, they shouldn't be 55 to one to win this series. And I'm not even kidding when I say that because once again, zero teams have come back from down three to zero. So still the Brooklyn Nets have no value whatsoever with regards to being able to bet on them. Maybe they wind up being able to win a game. I would sure hope that they come out with a little bit of fight because if not, it's really, really sad. But another case in which a team that was heavily favored coming into the year is just not going to be able to get the job done. Saw it last year with the LA Lakers and a little bit of a lesser extent. They weren't at the top of the board, but they were one of those top five teams throughout much of the year. They wound up not being able to do it this season. And that's a very, very sad scenario with regards to them. And if you're looking at the Boston Celtics, by the way, how to be able to win the championship at DraftKings, now you're finding them at four to one. And when it comes to the Easter conference, I still give a little bit of a lean to the Milwaukee Bucks who they're, you're finding at eight to one. I think that that's a little bit of a better value, but certainly have to be impressed by what we've seen out of the Boston Celtics just throughout the entirety of the season. And also keep in mind, they have been able to do this without Robert Williams, the time Lord, who is one of the better defenders that you're able to find in all basketball. So the Brooklyn Nets, they wind up going down in a fiery heap. And we are going to be at the very least not getting a sweep on one of the other Eastern Conference series as the Toronto Raptors a little bit earlier today, they were able to avoid the sweep at the ends of the Philadelphia 76ers as the 76ers, Unable to get it done late, 110 to 102. This was a very tight game going into the fourth quarter. Raptors were able to finish late, so got to give credit where credit is due with that regard. And big thing for the Raptors is that now you've got Scotty Barnes back at the fold end. This is not a case in which I advocate for thinking that the Raptors are going to be able to overcome this three to zero deficit. And as a matter of fact, I think when this winds up going down, going back to Philadelphia, I think that it's going to be curtains for our good friends, the Raptors. But Certainly, when you take a look at this Raptors team, getting Scotty Barnes off the bench, him being able to give this team 11 rebounds, that was absolutely massive. Nobody else wanted to give the team more than eight. And for the 76ers, they wanted up losing this game despite the fact that they went 13 to 31 from three point range. And I think that we can point to one thing when it comes to Philadelphia 76ers. Less is typically more with James Harden because guys not named James Harden when they wound up taking threes in this game. They wound up canning 11 of them, and they wound up taking 23. So Harden goes 2 of 8 from 3-point range. That's the team. They wound up shooting right around 48.5% from 3-point range. So I do think that James Harden, when he's distributing, when he's being a little bit more efficient with the ball, not forcing up shots, this is when Philadelphia certainly is at their best, and I think that that's going to be critical for series to come because, once again, I just don't think that we're going to see the Raptors be able to come back from a three to zero deficit, could they put up a nice effort, perhaps be able to draw a game six? I'm not going to say that it's out of the realm of possibility. I would be personally taking a look at the Raptors winding up losing in game five, but I do think that they'll come out. They'll be able to give you a solid effort, even with Fran Van Vliet, you know, with injury, you know that this is a team that they're going to give you everything that they got, but man, it's certainly a case of which for the Philadelphia 76ers, I think that they have been figured out a little bit more. Efficient James Harden equals good. Inefficient James Harden. James Harden who's forcing up a couple too many shots. Not so good. And we do have one other playoff game that this one is going to be getting started in right around a minute or two. So we've got 517, 518 on the board. Memphis Grizzlies against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And with the Timberwolves, find them at home being a two and a half point underdog. This has moved pretty much across the board. Actually, at Circa, you were seeing the juice move around a little bit on this one. 
Now it's back to a nice minus 110. And on this game, you're finding it at a 232 and a half. And I do feel like the totals have been set a little bit too high here in the playoffs. And it really doesn't matter what sport it is. And it really doesn't matter, in all honesty, what level of basketball. In college basketball, you want to see a bunch of unders hit in the NCAA tournament. When it comes to playoff baseball, you typically wind up finding a bunch of unders. Right now, here in the NBA playoffs, guess what you've been finding? A lot of unders. That is the only way that I'd be looking at this total. And when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, you just have to wonder what this team is going to have in the tank after they wound up blowing two separate 20-point leads in their last game. And still, they got two 20-point leads in their last game against the Memphis Grizzlies and didn't get to 100. I don't know how that's humanly possible in an NBA game with a 24-second shot clock, but somehow, some way, they found a way to be able to do it. And I think that this is a Timberwolves team that they're a little bit outgunned. You are even able to go back to the one win that they wound up having a little bit earlier in this series. And that's the case in which if you take a look at the shot quality index, Memphis wound up getting a little bit unlucky. Minnesota wound up getting a little bit lucky. Now, I do think that this is a case in which you are going to be able to see a solid effort here from Minnesota. I think that they're going to be able to give it their best shot. But I do think that being able to just defend all the good shooters that this Memphis Grizzlies team has if you're able to get Desmond Bain online in this game, I think that it's going to be a tough go of it for Minnesota. I'd be taking a little bit more of a look in-game personally, but right now, the way that I'd be looking at it is that Memphis Grizzlies says this is a game that is just tipping off right now and coming up next, got a lot of baseball in action. So we'll be taking a look at what is all going down on the ball diamond right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. And take a look at everything that we've got right now in action. And in about 15 or so minutes, Will Hill, he does a great job over here at VSN, does so much with our weekly publication of Point Spread Weekly, along with the New York City cast as well, which you're able to find wherever you get your podcast, he is going to be joining me, but I am always quite a bit of an advocate when it comes to in-game betting. And that is why when it comes to the NBA, I'm very much in on in-game betting. And the reason why is because of what we wound up just seeing with regards to this Memphis Grizzlies against the, against the Minnesota Timberwolves game as you wind up seeing the Timberwolves get off to a six to zero lead. You'll notice that the odds board live. If you wind up just waiting Literally, and I'm not even kidding here, about 75 seconds, you were able to get the Memphis Grizzlies, who closed a lot of places, a two and a half point favorite as a one and a half point underdog, just by waiting those couple seconds. And you just see a lot of volatility when it comes to these NBA games. You wind up seeing the team that you bet on. Typically, at some point, they're going to be up by double digits. Typically, at some point, they're going to be down by double digits. So, that is a big reason why when it comes to the NBA, just because of all the volatility, I think that it's really the best sport to be able to in-game bet. And I feel like that was actually a pretty good illustration of that right there. So we wound up seeing that we're going to be taking a look at tabs on that game as we wind up going along here on the show. But what else we're going to be keeping tabs on? Well, we're all getting a major league baseballs coming into Saturday, by the way, north of 62% of games this season in the NBA have been going under. Now, we have seen a couple rambunctious teams wind up getting out today. You wind up seeing the Tigers in game one of their doubleheader put up a 13 spot on the Colorado Rockies. And then you saw the Chicago Cubs wind up winning 21 to nothing against the Pittsburgh Pirates. To put this into context, you wind up seeing the Chicago Bears wind up getting one win of at least three touchdowns last season in the NFL. And the real upset, in my opinion, is that the Bears wind up having one of those. That was a calamity of, of a game that you wind up seeing against the New York Giants when the Giants wound up having just absolutely nothing out there whatsoever. So I thought that that was interesting. And it's one more 21 plus point win that I was expecting from the Chicago Bears that season. But certainly you don't wind up seeing that very often. But if you're taking a look at what we've got right now on the diamond, bottom of the third inning in this one, and it is not going the way of the Kansas City Royals and good old Chris with a K boobit jazz. 
Right now, it is the Seattle Mariners in the lead by kind of 4-1. to one. And it's been a Mariners team that they've been a little bit careless out there in the field. But I've liked what I've seen out of them. We've already got six hits thus far in the game. Brandon Crawford winds up going deep for his second. Or JP Crawford, I should say. Winds up going deep for his second home run of the season. And if you take a look at what you were getting out of Matt Brash, a little bit of a younger pitcher has given up one run over the course of three innings. Has been rock solid. And right now, the problem for the Kansas City Royals is... They've actually got some relatively solid relief pitching, but the starters, when it comes to guys like Chris with K. Bubich, they're not necessarily trustworthy. And this is a team that they don't wind up having a lot of power outside of Salvador Perez. And they rely upon being able to seal bases. They rely upon small ball. When you got Whit Merrifield, Carlos Santana, Bobby Wood Jr., all hitting a buck 60 or lower, that is just a recipe for disaster stuff. Right now, it's not going the way of the Kansas City Royals. That is a 4-1 to lead for the Seattle Mariners. So, so far, so good for the Mariners. So far, so good if you want. I'm taking a big plus price on. Looks down at screen. The Baltimore Orioles, who are in the lead by kind of 2-1. to one. No Thor Syndergaard wound up getting the start in this one. And he has given up two runs on one hit. This is just a case of which been a little bit unlucky for him thus far as he wound up having only one walk in this game as well. But... You wind up seeing the Baltimore Orioles wind up doing a lot of small ball. You've seen them already steal four paces in this game, despite the fact that they've got one in and one walk. So they've really been able to move guys around. You wind up seeing a little bit of a throwing air out there for the LA Angels right now. And you take a look at Spencer Watkins. He's actually been able to give the Orioles a little bit of something. And this is an Orioles team that has played thus far this year 14 games. They have played one of these games over the total. Now there have been a couple pushes along the way but with the Orioles it's very clear this is a bunch that has just not been able to put the ball in play they have not been able to go yard as as a matter of fact they've got four home runs thus far this season as I wind up talking right now but yet they've been able to do a solid job with regards to their bullpen holding down the fort they've been able to get nothing whatsoever on offense but they certainly have been able to do a solid job with regards to their pitching which has made them a very good under team after Last year, this team, I think, wound up setting records for most home runs surrendered. So, give a little bit of credit where credit is due there. Got to give a little bit of credit where credit is due with regards to these two lineups as well. Been a rough start to the year for the bats of the Miami Marlins, but right now they've been able to put up an eight spot, and they're looking for more. No outs in the top of the seventh inning, and the Miami Marlins currently lead by a count of eight to seven, and they're looking for more. Jazz Chislom, he winds up getting his fourth home run of the season, and the Miami Marlins team that as a collective has been one of the worst with regards to putting the ball in play all season long. They've done a great job of getting into an Atlanta Braves bullpen that we saw with the Atlanta Braves last season. Last season, the bullpen during the first half of the season where the team was hovering right around 500, they wound up having a rough start, but then they were able to pick it up after the All-Star break. Might need to be the case once again for this team as Colin McHugh winds up coming in. He gives up a trio of runs while getting just one out. You wind up also seeing a guy that I think has a little bit of upside wind up giving up two runs and recorded as many outs as myself and Spencer Strider. So that was a little bit of an issue for the team. Elias Hernandez winds up coming in and he winds up getting completely shelled by the Miami Marlins. Five runs given up over the course of four and two thirds innings. But the team itself in Miami has been able to do a good job being able to get guys on base. So going to be interesting to see what happens there as things are getting jiggy with it in this one as Will Smith currently into the game. For the Atlanta Braves. So we're going to be keeping tabs on that. And we're keeping tabs on the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks 
when it's all said and done, they might be able to hit above the Mendoza line this season as currently they've got a 4-2 lead over the New York Mets. Currently in the top of the sixth inning as Trevor Williams, who actually wound up pitching out there in the state. I believe that he is a graduate of Arizona State. Not a good start for him, to say the least. And this is a Mets starting rotation that even without Jacob deGrom coming into today, they wound up being in the top three in terms of starting pitcher ERA. It's been really impressive to see. And I do think that there's a lot of upside here with the New York Mets. 11-4 and record, but I just still think even though the personnel is much different than what we wound up seeing in past years with the Mets, you gotta see it to believe it towards back half of the season because how many times haven't we said, oh boy, the Mets, they're looking great at the All-Star break. The offense is finally starting to put something together. The bullpen, it's not completely atrocious. And then the second half of the year, bullpen is completely atrocious. Offense can't wind up getting anything going whatsoever. Jacob DeGrom winds up getting hurt again. List goes on and on. It's just one of those things in which bad things always seem to happen to the New York Mets. I know that that's not necessarily the world's most sharp handicapping angle when it comes to something, but bad things just always seem to happen to the New York Mets towards the back half of the season. And the Arizona Diamondbacks are actually three of 10 with men in scoring position. And in case you wanted to know just how bad this Arizona Diamondbacks lineup is, currently we've seen nine guys in this game wind up getting at bat. There are two guys that have a batting average above a 234. One of those guys' name is Seth Beer, by the way. So, Hooray Beer is hitting a 375 for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But, man, it has not been great for the bats. But they've been able to get a little bit of Woken today as they currently have a lead. I would call this really the biggest game of the night. The San Diego Padres and the LA Dodgers currently got the Dodgers trailing by a count of 2-0. to zero. This is in the bottom of the fifth inning. And Yu Darvish, who wound up getting completely destroyed in his second start of the season against the San Francisco Giants. Back half the year last year, his struggles were very pronounced after the All-Star break and the RA that was hovering right around five. He's come in and against an LA Dodgers team that they've scored at least four runs in all but two of their games this season, they've been held silent. The Dodgers, as a matter of fact, they have been able to record a whopping one hit in this game. Darvish has put on a trio due to walks, but has been able to punch out seven. Got to fear that that pitch count might wind up getting him a little bit more. He's up to 81 pitches here through five innings. So got to figure that he's got at least one more in on man. But the San Diego Padres, big key for this team, being able to just hold down the fort while Manny Machado is out. A big key to that, going to be a man that wound up hitting below 200 coming into the season or coming into this game. And Jake Cronin worked through the season. He wound up getting his first home run of the season. This is off of Tyler Anderson. And Anderson, a little bit of an unexpected starter, but what the Dodgers wound up doing with him Prior to the start, was actually very smart. He was coming in out of the bullpen, but out of the bullpen, he was sort of piggybacking with Tony Gonsolin going four innings in his two log relief appearances. So it's not like one of these guys that is being used as an opener. It's like, oh, he wanted pitching two innings earlier this year. So the Dodgers had a little bit of foresight there. And Anderson, I do think, is going to be a relatively solid cog. And isn't pitching bad. Two runs given up over the course of five innings against a relatively solid San Diego Padres lineup. Nothing to be ashamed about, especially when you're getting down towards the back half of your lineup. And if you're taking a look at this in-game, it's a five and a half. And these are two of the better roll punts out there in the big league. So I do think that that's a relatively appropriate in-game total. And what is very appropriate for this show, getting on our man, Will Hill. He does a great job over there at Point Spread Weekly. Does a great job with the New York City cast as well. Coming up next, we're going to ask him about what in the world has happened with the Brooklyn Nets right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network.
baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free in cash prizes for cash prizes all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter 21 years and older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And please, as always, drink responsibly. Yes, it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa and the Sports Banking Network. And great to be joined by Will Hill. His Twitter handle, easy enough, at NotTheWillHill. Does a great job with our New York City cast. Does a great job with all of our work here at VSIN for Point Spread Weekly. And Will, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Hey, appreciate you coming on. I uh, I ended my search a little early so I can join you. I've been looking for Kevin Durant. I'm looking in my bedroom, my kitchen, my house. I can't find him. I haven't seen him. Uh, how do you, You're down 2-0 in a playoff series. He takes 11 shots. This is one of the 10 or 15 greatest players of all time. Uh, I'm really stunned by what I just watched. Well, I'm going to look for him behind me. Bear with me. Nope, I'm he's not tall. seeing him either. Now, he's a very tall person, so he'd be hard to miss. I'm shocked that he's... Look, the game five he played versus Milwaukee last year is one of the great games ever played. Uh, but he, to be fair, and, you know, I'm surprised he's not getting more crap for this, at least on Twitter, you know, based on what I'm reading and stuff. Uh, you know, he's had a few of these. Remember in Oklahoma City, they called him Mr. Unreliable and he got all bent out of shape uh, before he left for Golden State. He had a bad couple games in that series that they let get away. He's had a few of these moments where he comes up a little, a little small. Uh, and tonight was a really bad one, really strange. I mean, he had Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown carrying this team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on it. Very strange. And after the Celtics won a winning game too, I thought that the Celtics would be able to win the series. And now down three to zero, best of luck there because your odds of being able to come back are darn near zero because nobody's been able to do it before. But I thought that this was going to be the game in which the Nets say we're going to throw out all the stops. At the very minimum, they were going to give you a good effort. And at no point in this game did it feel like there was much of a sense of urgency from this team. And, I have to ask you, in terms of the disappointment level, I would still put the Lakers as the biggest disappointment ever in NBA history. This has to be towards the top 10 in terms of most disappointing teams we've ever seen in the NBA. Yeah, and I think for this season alone, the Lakers are certainly ahead of it to not even make a play in where the Spurs, the the Blazers, these teams are basically tanking. That being said, the Lakers won a title 18 months ago. So, you know, if you're a Laker fan, if you're the Lakers, you can say, you know what? You can crap crap on us all you want for this season. We just hung a banner up like a year and a half ago. So uh, you look at the Nets, they trade for Harden, everything with Kyrie's vaccination. Again, I, I don't like talking about the vaccinations, but if he got vaccinated, he was able to play. Maybe Harden doesn't want out. Maybe Durant's not as worn down, having to carry the load all season. Maybe he doesn't get hurt. I mean, you can go through all these uh, sort of different scenarios that lead back to what could have been, what should have been. And think about it. This time last year, less than a year ago, they're playing the Celtics in the first round, and it's like the JV versus the varsity. They're winning these games by 30 points. Kyrie stepping on the logo, it, it, and it's just really, it's turned. It's turned completely, and you got to wonder now if the Nets have kind of missed their window. Yeah, I'm right there with you because even when the Nets – wound up getting like 55 points with Kevin Durant a few weeks ago. We saw that in that game against Atlanta. He drops 55 and they still wind up losing that game. And you have to wonder if with regards to the way that some of these rosters are constructed in the NBA, if teams are going to take a look at what has happened with the Lakers, if they're going to take a look at what's happened with the Nets and decide, you know what, maybe we shouldn't go with like these two, three superstar lineups. Instead, go a little bit more of the Warriors route. 
try to draft some guys, maybe try to just have a little bit more of an infusion of younger talent because I've been finding with a lot of these teams that they've been able to perform well. You've got a lot of guys that it's not like they're rookies or second year guys, but they're in their mid to late 20s, sort of coming into their own, not necessarily super long in the tooth, but not super young. And I think that that's really the way to go now in the NBA. Yeah, and you look at the Nets, they're just so small. I mean, they're basically playing three point guard sized guys at the same time between Curry and Mills and Dragic and, and Irving. Uh, it's hard to have three, you know, six, two guys on it on an NBA court at the same time. There's just always a mismatch. And the good teams, the good, the good coaches are going to be able to expose that. So, yeah, you make a good point. The Nets really, uh, not just that Atlanta game where Durant had 55, I think that was like three weeks ago during the Final Four, but even the games against Detroit. And, you know, the Pistons, the Hawks, the, I mean, uh, you know, the Rockets, these games where they're like 15, 16 point favorites, they had to work hard in those games. So Durant never got a breather. Durant had to play every single night. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's caught up to him here. And you know, it's bad when outscoring the, anyone else on the team by 10 points, Bruce Brown. So that's what we want to see. Yeah. I and mean, Bla and Blake Griffin carried him, but Griffin did a nice job. I mean, he was hitting some threes and, and Durant just deferring, turning the ball over. Uh, really, really strange. When one of your MVPs of the game here in the 2022 playoffs is Blake Griffin, you know that you've got some issues. So that was not necessarily so great. And now when you do take a look at the Eastern Conference at DraftKings right now, we're right now finding with regards to odds to be able to win the title. The Celtics are at four to one for the entirety of the championship. And then you've got the Bucks at eight to one. I still would put the Bucks a little bit ahead of the Celtics, but I really do think that it's a one-two between the Celtics and the Bucks, I think that you can make an argument for either team. I think it should be a little bit closer than the Celtics having a 4-1 to on them and the Bucks having an 8-1. to But I really think that these two teams have asserted themselves as the top teams out east. Yeah, I've been saying all pretty much all winter, all spring that it's the Bucks, But Middleton changes that. And Middleton's going to be out for the rest of the Bulls series. They should be able to get by the Bulls. But he's going to miss pretty much the Celtics series, too. So... Uh, you're not remember too with Milwaukee. You're not going to have home court. They punted on home court that last day of the season, where just to avoid the Nets, which was you know debatable when you look back on it. Obviously, you know the Bulls is an easier matchup, but you punt on home court in second round, and now you don't have one of your best players in Middleton. Uh, that's going to be tricky. That's not going to be an easy series. I, I think I would favor Boston, and then you look around the rest of the bracket. The Heat have Lowry hurt, and then Embiid has got the thumb, so it's kind of breaking right here for Boston. Yeah, it certainly has been, and. For the 76ers, I've actually liked what I've seen from them in this series Me as too. well. Now, obviously, the health of Joel Embiid, that is the big question. As long as he's able to be out there and be healthy, I think that this is a little bit of an interesting wild card because coming into the playoffs, everyone was so down on the Philadelphia 76ers. But I think the big thing for the 76ers is have James Harden honestly do a little bit less because a little bit less of Harden, I feel like, is more when he's winding up getting good shots for other guys. We wound up seeing it on Saturday. He wound up going 5-17 from the field. That was a little bit reckless in my opinion, but when he winds up taking a couple fewer shots, focuses on facilitation, I feel like the Philadelphia 76ers are really in their best form. Yeah, he's a brilliant passer. I mean, you could say what you want about him. He's come up small in big games himself. Uh, he certainly declined. If you just watch him, he doesn't have that burst. He really can't get to the hole. He can't finish. He can't get by guys. But some of his passes are still incredible. That being said, boy, it's troubling. If you if you have some Sixers futures like I do and you watch him bead, he was getting stripped and losing the ball. And every time he'd look at the thumb. So it's either in his head or it's really bothering him. Maybe it's both. 
Uh, if they were at full strength, I'd give them a puncher's chance to come out of the East. They're really good. Their, their a game is just about as good as anybody else. But again, who knows uh, with Embiid's thumb, you know, how? because here's the thing, 90% of Embiid, they can't win. They need Embiid 100% to be the best player on the court. And if he's anything less, it's a big issue for them. I agree with you there. If you don't have a 100% Joel Embiid, forget about it. If Joel Embiid is able to overcome this injury, if he's able to be out there, and he's able to be the Joel Embiid that we wound up seeing the first few games of the series, then look out. So I think that that is a great point that you wind up making. And Will, I know that you're going to be talking about this team a lot on the New York City cast all summer long, but we're going to be seeing on Sunday the New York Yankees return Garrett Cole to the mound after in his last start, he had a good old start of five guys that he got outs on and he walked five. So he literally got as many outs as walks, which that is not necessarily so great. And right now we're seeing the Yankees as a minus 215 favorite. Now it's a case in which I do think that the Yankees should be a little bit of a favorite, but how much have you had to downgrade Garrett Cole? Because I just take a look at getting plus 185 here with the Guardians, and this just seems like it's way too much love for Garrett Cole and what he's done in the past, because right now I take a look at Garrett Cole. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's a spider attack. I don't know if it's in his head or if it's all three, but this is just not the man that wound up signing that big contract less than two years ago. Yeah, it's not the same guy. Now I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll go, you know, 15 and six with a three, four ERA, which look, that's not what you're paying $324 million for. This is a guy that was basically undefeated that last year in 2019 with Houston. Uh, he has not been great as the Yankees, been pretty good. I mean, even in a kind of a down year last year, second in Cy Young, uh, that being said, he needs to pitch better. There's certainly no value betting on him laying 215 on him. I got to see him pitch better before I'm, I'm betting on him. So, you know, my instinct would to be, uh, would to be to take the plus money on the guardians or take the plus one and a half, maybe an Indians team total over, I got to see it before I believe it here with Cole, which who I do think will turn it around at some point. Yep. And I recognize that we've seen a lot of unders here in major league baseball, but Oof. I'm right now seeing a seven Too on many. this game and Aaron Savali. It's just a case in which he's not that great himself. He's a guy with like a three, eight, five ERA at a 12 and five record. He did not wind up deserving that guy that doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, gives up quite a few long balls, short porch out there in Yankee stadium. I think that's having a little bit too low in that one, but we can never get enough Will Hill on this show. Will, you do absolutely amazing work here at the network. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. All right, we got to juice the balls and bring back some offense. Too many unders. Appreciate you, Hoops. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, Will. And coming up next, we go behind the book. We're going to be talking with Vinny Maliolo right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? 
so are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN is all in for the draft. It's going to be happening next week out here in fabulous Las Vegas. And We've got a special draft preview show tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Tim Murray and John King will be breaking down the first round prospects and all the props that you've got along with it. Expert guests include the legend himself, Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and then you got Mike Golick and Mike Golick Jr., who we know those guys from their time at ESPN. They're going to be joining us. VEASAN's draft preview special is going to be tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, exclusively on VEASAN, and don't forget to download our NFL draft betting guide featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything that you need to score big this draft season. Download it for just 10 bucks at VEASAN.com slash draft as it is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and great to head down to the South Point. That's where we find Vinny Maliulo. Does an amazing job over there at Gone Gaming, and we're going to be talking a lot with him about the NFL draft, what we're all seeing with the props there as well, and to be able to follow Vinny at Vinny, Great Twitter handle and a great guy. Vinny, great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, good to be with you, my friend. And uh, like I said uh, uh, before we uh, we came on live uh, during the break, I uh, love the fact that you got your podcast, you got your show, and uh, love the energy and the information, buddy. And I love everything that you guys do, Vinny. And Vinny, how about if we dive into it right now? I know that you guys have posted up a lot of props with regards to the NFL draft. And as we know, the NFL draft, it's become more and more popular to bet on. What's the handle been like this year as opposed to past years, though? Because I have to have that feeling that with it now out here in Las Vegas for this year, that you guys have seen some just ridiculous handle on it. Yeah, great, uh, great question, Greg. You know, the uh, the NFL draft is, uh, you know, is the most popular of, of the drafts. There's no question about it. And what's made it more popular in recent years was uh, the advent of proposition wagering on it. Now, we've only been able to do it here in Nevada for the last few years, but it's grown every year. Now, when you add the fact that it's going to be here in Las Vegas this year, 
you you can I'll tell you what we we put it up earlier we put up uh, the props uh, uh, the other night uh, and uh, into yesterday morning uh, which is earlier than we've ever put them up uh, we got a weekend crowd that's here now that ne- won't necessarily be here next week anytime we have an event here Greg uh, and and you've heard uh, me talk about this quite a bit uh, on the on the VSIN network across the uh, the channel is this. You can you can start it at least twenty percent more. Whenever it's a fight, whenever uh, there's a NASCAR race, and of course we've got two of those highlighted by the uh, South Point Four Hundred in the fall. Anytime there's an event here in town, you can go uh, start at twenty percent higher in terms of handle, and then go up from there. We've already seen a tremendous amount of handle on on these props, and I wanted to get ahead of it. Like I said, taking advantage of this weekend. Uh, going into the event starting on Thursday. So uh, if you like, I'll give you an idea of what uh, some of the props that not only that we've posted already, uh, but how some of them have moved uh, uh, already, bud. Absolutely. Let's take a look at some of the ones that have moved the most, because I think that this is just a curious NFL draft in general, because typically you wind up seeing the quarterbacks wind up being a lot of stars. As a matter of fact, in the last seven drafts, we've seen at least two quarterbacks get drafted in the top 10. I think we're both in agreement. If we wind up seeing two quarterbacks wind up going in the top 10, that would be a significant upset. And there's probably been a lot of trading and there's been a lot of chaos. But what have you seen the most movement with thus far since you wind up opening these up? Uh, quarterbacks, you mentioned it, Greg, you know, and we've not seen uh, the uh, the same attention this year. I mean, listen, not only was it quarterbacks uh, last year, uh, but we knew it was the number one overall pick, right? Uh, when, when you look at it. So, uh, in Trevor Lawrence, but this year we posted the number at two and a half, and two and a half overjuiced uh, at two and a half to uh, minus two fifty. It's up to two seventy. Now, what could impact that? You know, one of the challenges this year is the challenge on both sides of the counter, from our side of the counter as well as the better side of the counter, and especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Let's face it: this, if you look at probably the most likely quarter uh, uh, quarterback. Not so much who's going to be selected at quarterback, which quarter, uh, which individual, but which team. So it looks like Carolina right now. I believe they're number six. If you look at Carolina and say they're more likely to take a quarterback than not, what happens if there's a deal made between now and the draft on Thursday uh, involving, you know, hypothetically, and it's been talked about. Uh, let's say the uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo winds up in Carolina. Well, you know that the Carol Panthers are not going to draft a quarterback at that point, but no, nor are the 49ers. So that dynamic and the impact on what it does for that particular proposition will be impacted. But right now, two and a half of uh, number of quarterbacks at minus 270 to the over uh, number of quarterbacks taken in the first round so far. Uh, some of the other, uh, we did a lot of uh, individual players, Greg, uh, in other words, where they would go, where their draft position would be. So if you look at, uh, you know, everybody's talking about uh, Aiden Hutchison, right, probably being the uh, the number one overall pick. We opened him at, minus, at one and a half, over under one and a half, under minus 150. Now it's up to minus 175. So that would pet, what folks are saying there to bet that they believe that Aiden Hutchinson will go. Uh, Hutchinson will go uh, number one in the draft so far. So that one, uh, that one has moved uh, quite a bit. Uh, when you look at uh, uh, Trent McDuffie, 
is uh, where will he be drafted? Over under number 17 and a half. Under minus 140, went to the over minus 115, and now back to the under minus 120. So you can see that there's movement there. These move very quickly. Uh, you know, you've got to, uh, you know, as, uh, as a bookmaker and a better, also determine what's fact, what's fiction, what's a smokescreen, play quasi-general manager, and, uh, and try to get ahead of it and keep these, uh, keep these numbers moving. These numbers move extremely quick, a lot quicker than uh, a lot of propositions that we take during the course of the season. Oh, no question about it, because you wind up seeing one report put out there by, like, Adam Schefter or something like that as to, oh, Team X is interested in this guy at insert your pick here. And all of a sudden, everyone winds up trying to bet it, trying to get in while that report is very, very fresh, which I always find to be very unique about not just the NFL draft, but also I find that a lot with regards to the NBA draft as well. And something that I have to mm-hmm. think is a challenge for you guys as well is that typically when it comes to the NFL draft, you always find that you don't wind up posting up Oh, over under pick number 15 for any of these players or anything like that. It always lands on a hook. And especially when it comes to a lot of these positions, because you mentioned it with quarterbacks with the number being set at two and a half. If you wind up going to three and a half, it's too high. The number that a lot of people are thinking is three. How hard is it to be able to position the juice to where you aren't necessarily in a bad situation if one way or the other winds up happening with regards to an upset, because I have to think that that is really one of the most difficult parts of this entire process. Yeah. Great. Uh, great question, Greg, you know, and remember this, right? There, there are mock drafts, but there are no mock bets. <laughs> People are putting up their money. Uh, they're in action and uh, we're, uh, we're happy to pay uh, if, uh, if they're correct on it. And uh, of course, trying to get uh, two way action. Here's, a, here's one to your point though, Desmond Ritter, his draft position, so we we you know we we open at twenty nine and a half pick them minus one ten to the over minus one ten to the under but you can't be stubborn as you start moving it and they bet it over you can move that juice but don't be opposed uh, to move the number as well that's up to now minus uh, I'm sorry thirty and a half so from twenty nine and a half we got so much money on the over we said you know what let's move the number uh, to thirty and a half they still uh, bet the over and now it's up to thirty and a half minus a quarter so. To your point, Greg, it's not just the uh, the juice, the uh, the money that moves, uh, but it's also the number itself that uh, can have a tendency to move there, and uh, you can't be uh, you can't be opposed to doing that. Drake London, the same thing, from ten and a half over minus thirty to now eleven and a half over minus one twenty. So sometimes you have to move the juice, and that's good enough. Other times you've got to move the number as well. Absolutely, and Vinny, we've got about a minute left here, and. Obviously, when it comes to the NFL right now, the big thing is all these NFL draft props that we're seeing. But with these NFL draft props, have you seen a little bit of action coming on team futures as well? Because I have to think that there are some folks out there that they're thinking that their team is going to make the moves that they want. That out that allows them to take a little bit more of a approach with regards to how they think that their season is going to be going. Have you seen anything with regards to the futures market these last few weeks? No, we've seen the futures grow more in, ter- uh, in line with some of the trades that took place, right? With the Dolphins in particular in their trade, uh, when you when you look at the, their trade with uh, with Kansas City, right? So uh, the Dolphins, uh, we saw some action there, but really with this uh, with this draft, it's not like uh, there's a tremendous amount of money. By the way, the Dolphins uh, opened at fifty to one, got as high as eighty to one, down to thirty five to one, but that's 
from player from free agency and, and uh, uh, trades right now. But as far as the draft, it's so wide open. There's not one player released right now that looks like it's going to move the needle on futures. Now, that could happen if there's another major trade. Yep, that is going to be so interesting to look at as Vinny does a great job over there at the South Point Gong Gaming. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.